That, my friends, is the sound of another sale on Shopify. And let me tell you, when I first started podcasting, I was not thinking about an online store at all. I was just excited that I had figured out how to basically create an audio file and get it out into the universe. I wasn't thinking about the possibilities or what things would look like years on down the road. And now that I'm selling books and decks and meditation scripts, I have found that not only is an online store so important, but it is so easy now that I've discovered Shopify. And Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business, whether you're just starting out or maybe you just hit your millionth sale. Shopify has amazing support to help you along the way, and it helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout, and it's 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Plus, you can sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. And like, honestly, the one thing I wish I would have done differently with my online store is just started it sooner. And Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. And the reason is, is because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. So you can sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash mindful, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash mindful now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash mindful. Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of the Mindful in Minutes podcast. I am Kelly, and today we are talking about everyone's favorite topic, anxiety. (laughs) Just kidding. That is not everybody's favorite topic because anxiety is the worst. It is the absolute worst. It's horrible. It stinks. It is no fun. Um, I know that this is something a lot of us in the Mindful Minutes community is working through, struggling with, and it's also something that I struggle with. And, you know, anxiety is never really linear. It ebbs and it flows. And sometimes it's, you know, a little stronger, sometimes not so much. So what I wanted to do with this episode is I wanted to share some practices that you can use on your own during times of anxiety. So I've compiled some of my favorite uh, practices for times with anxiety. These are ones that I personally use, whether I, you know, whether they're meditation techniques or things that, you know, my therapist has told me to use or anything else that's that I have found works. So that's what we're going to be talking about today, not just anxiety and how much it stinks because it does, but some things that you can do on your own outside of just the guided meditations that I have for you here for those moments when you're experiencing anxiety, because I know this is something that a lot of us are working through and potentially struggling with, and I hope that this brings you some relief. And on that note, I was feeling just like a little extra inspired this month. I don't know if I just was like, I don't know. I was just feeling a little inspired. So I made something special for you. I created a bundle of three new completely free sleep meditations. You can download them all on my website. I'm going to put the link in the show notes. So you can click that link and then you just put your email address in and right to your inbox will be three new sleep meditations. There's an anxious evening meditation, a breathe, unwind, and sleep meditation, and a put your body to sleep meditation. So you can click the link in the show notes. I'm also going to add it over on Instagram and you can just click that link and get three more sleep meditations. So then if we 
aren't already sleeping together, we could be sleeping together. And if we are already sleeping together, we can continue to sleep together. Doesn't that sound lovely? Nothing like a good sleeping together joke to kick off a podcast episode. All right. So I wanted to start just by giving like a little bit of a anxiety refresher, if you will. So like what is actually happening in our bodies and in our minds when we are experiencing anxiety. Because for me, it's been really helpful to just shift my mindset around the way that I think about anxiety as, you know, I'm having a physiological response to some kind of a trigger or a stressor for me. And there's something about just reminding myself like, okay, I'm just, I'm having a physiological response that helps me personally to turn the volume down on my anxiety at times because it helps me to just recognize like, okay, like this isn't real. I'm not, you know, in danger. It's okay. And being like, I'm just, my body is responding to something, having a physiological response sometimes helps me to slow down kind of that anxiety spiral enough to start, you know, like unwinding and hitting the pause button so I don't go in this like full-blown like anxiety um, spiral because nobody wants that. So just really briefly, and I have an entire episode about this called The Anatomy of Anxiety, but very high level briefly what's happening when we experience anxiety. So our bodies were, I mean, our bodies are designed to respond to things and our bodies are designed to survive. So we have the parasympathetic nervous system and the sympathetic nervous system. So we have the rest and digest and the fight or flight. Now, what happens is we're designed to, if we see some kind of a stressor, right? So back in our hunter and gatherer days, if we were out and about um, getting our meals and we're walking around picking our berries, and then all of a sudden a bear crosses our path. What happens is that fight or flight is going to kick on and it's going to start doing things like increase our heart rate in case we have to run away from the bear or fight the bear. It's going to, you know, dilate our pupils so we can really see what's going on. We can see the threat. It's going to pull the blood away from, you know, our our stomach because we're not worried about digesting our meal, right? We're worried about surviving and potentially running or fighting. And we're going to, you know, have that blood pressure kick up, that heart rate kick up. We're going to have that stress and fight or flight response because our bodies are just responding to the threat. The way we were designed is to only feel this way for a short amount of time, like 60, 90 seconds, right? So I see the bear and then I decide if I'm going to run away or, you know, maybe fight the bear or perhaps freeze or hide. And once that stressor has passed. So once I, you know, am safe and the bear is no longer there, I don't know if I got eaten by the bear, I'll no longer be having a physiological response, but let's assume that didn't happen. Or if I'm hiding and the bear walks away, right? Once that trigger or that stressor is gone, then my body can begin to go back to baseline because the threat is gone. The stressor is gone. My body returns, starts returning back to baseline. The problem is, is our bodies can't distinguish between different types of stress or triggers or um, fear. So we no longer live in a world where 
our stressors are, you know, we're going out, we're picking our berries, and then we see a bear, right? We're so stimulated all the time with stressors, with seeing something distressing on the news, with having uncomfortable conversations with people, with scrolling on social media and seeing something that triggers us or upsets us or gets us worked up or, you know, makes us feel bad about ourselves or just the lives that we're living right now. There's so many triggers and so many stressors that can kick in this light activation of fight or flight all the time. So we're just living in this constant, even if it's a light activation of fight or flight. Now, how does that impact our brain? Because anxiety has so much to do with our brain. So the amygdala, which you've heard me talk about before, this is the pain worry, fear center of the brain. It is the one that kicks off that fight or flight. It's the part that says, you know, immediately as my brain registers that bear, it's kicking off that fight or flight so that I'm prepared to potentially save myself. And, but what happens is that when we have these tiny little triggers all the time, we're always living in, you know, seeing distressing things or thinking about distressing things and living in these overstimulated, complex lives that we live is the amygdala is working overtime. It's always activating, having this little light activation, a little more, a little more. And we know that our brains change and evolve over time. So the body adapts and it says, oh, I'm always kicking into this fight or flight. The amygdala is working overtime. Well, I'm going to make the amygdala bigger and stronger and more reactive so that it can be you know, more efficient or it can be stronger, right? If our bodies are signaling, oh, I need more fight or flight or I need the amygdala to work harder, it's going to make it bigger so it can work harder. What happens though is when our amygdala starts to get overactive and bigger, and we do know that it can actually change in density and size, is that then we're always, it just, it creates these bigger physiological responses, these faster anxiety responses because our bodies are adapting to the world that we're living in. But then that can lead to things like chronic anxiety or increased feelings of anxiety or bigger physiological responses to anxiety, right? Because we can't distinguish between different kinds of fear and stress. And then our over our amygdala can become overactive. But what we do know happens, which is the one of the wonderful things about meditation, is that with a regular meditation practice, is that the activity from the amygdala when you're meditating will kick off or start to decrease, and it'll start to be focused and increase in the prefrontal cortex, which is the part of the brain associated with higher cognitive function, emotion regulation, focus, mental clarity, memory. So over time with a regular meditation practice, usually after about 8 to 12 weeks of even 10 minutes of meditation a day, is that the amygdala will begin to shrink and become less reactive and it'll start to atrophy a little bit, which is what we want, especially if the amygdala is overactive, which can happen, especially if we have quite a bit of anxiety in our life. So that is just kind of like high level, what's happening you know, when we have anxiety, why we're having anxiety, why we have these physiological responses. And I know that it's different for everyone. For me personally, when I'm experiencing anxiety and, you know, it's really interesting. I just take a breath for a second. I find that when I talk about anxiety and when I teach about anxiety, even if I wasn't experiencing it before, it's like just talking about it and using the word like anxiety, anxiety, that I can feel like I can feel myself talking a little bit faster. I can feel like my heart rate just going up just a little bit. And it's like, you know, not fun. And I I 
for me, a big thing I've been experiencing lately is almost like getting anxiety about getting anxiety, which I'm, I'm sure I'm not alone in this. This is something that sometimes I experience, like if I'm going to be, you know, leading a retreat and I'm like, oh, what if baby pork chop, like something happens and, or I get to the retreat and this never happens, but you know, anxiety isn't always logical, but I'm like, what if I get to the retreat and then I'm just so, I miss him so much and I'm so homesick that I can't even function and I have a horrible retreat, which, you know, again, anxiety isn't logical. Like that has never happened. That's not going to happen. But it's like I get anxiety around this idea of like, what if I get horrible anxiety while I'm away? And I just think, I don't know, it's just kind of an interesting observation that I have in myself. And so I just like to share it in case anyone else, you know, experiences that. Because I think it's important to recognize that like anxiety looks and feels different for everyone. Like the physiological and mental responses that you may have to different stressors in your life, like that's going to look different. So for me, sometimes it looks like getting anxiety about getting anxiety. But physiologically, I feel my heart rate going up. I get tightness in my chest. And sometimes I get like a little like sweaty, which, you know, is like, oh, so sexy. Um, Just, you know, a little extra sweat going on. And that's kind of what it looks like for me. And it also anxiety really gets in the way of my sleeping which is definitely what inspired me to put together this sleep bundle, these three meditations um, that I mentioned at the beginning of the episode, because for me, I find one of the big, like one of the first signs that it's like, okay, this anxiety is becoming a little much, or I need to reevaluate, like there's too much on my plate is when it starts interrupting my sleep. And I start waking up in the middle of the night with just like a thought or a worry And then I'm like laying there like three in the morning trying to like solve all of my problems. And it's like it's such a waste of time because you never wake up at three in the morning and think, oh, my gosh, you know, we have this family trip this weekend and I have it packed. Or, you know, what am I going to how am I going to fit baby pork chops, white sound machine and this? Will there be an outlet like, you know, those ridiculous things that you just wake up and worry about, like laying there at three in the morning trying to solve these problems that never works. But for me, that's how it it shows up. And if it shows up differently for you, that's perfectly okay. I have found through my own anxiety experience and journey and also working with just my lovely therapist that one of the best things you can do is just identify how it shows up for you, like how anxiety shows up and impacts your life. Because once you gain that awareness, then you can start doing something about it. So it wasn't until I really recognized that like, oh, okay, like this is how it shows up for me. Like it doesn't always get in the way of like my day-to-day, but it will get in the way of like my sleep or I'll just find in general like I start talking a little bit faster or my heart rate is a little bit higher. And those are just kind of my little signals of like, okay, we're starting to, you know, creep into just a little, you know, more anxiety than I would like. It's probably time for me to, you know, start being a little bit more proactive here. So what do we do, Um, you know, how can we, like, what can we do about this? And this is what I really wanted to explore in this episode is just different practices that you can use. So of course, if I obviously think meditation is a great tool, it's something I've dedicated my life to, but if you, you know, I know there's a a bunch of you where you have like your certain meditations, whether it's on this podcast or through an app that really start to calm you down, like that's great. Like that's a wonderful tool where you can be like, okay, here's a guided meditation. 
I listen to this, um, you know, and it helps me. That's great. And please, if that works for you, keep doing that. But what I really wanted to dive into today is I wanted to talk about like different techniques and things that you can use when you aren't using a guided meditation or like those little moments where anxiety is creeping in or popping up and you're like, oh, I'm, I'm at work or I'm on the train or, you know, it's the middle of the night and I don't want to turn my phone on or whatever. Um, I wanted to dive into some of those practices and how you can start utilizing them in your everyday life to hopefully um, start moving away from this anxiety. All right, so let's dive right into our practices for anxiety. So these are just it's just a list of my personal favorites, ones I've collected that I've used or shared with um, students and clients or that have been shared with me. Now, the first one, this is such an easy, simple one, but a powerful one, is start making your exhales longer than your inhales. This activates that rest and digest, but it also signals to the body that it's okay to begin to unwind and relax. So a yawn is actually a forced inhale. So what happens when we start to get tired, it's evening time, we're unwinding, is that we will naturally begin to extend our exhales. And when we get tired, we start exhaling a little bit too much, and then our bodies will force an inhale through a yawn. So one way to mimic this kind of relaxing unwinding that happens in the evening when we're tired is to start extending our exhales. So when you're breathing, And, you know, first things first, if you're experiencing anxiety, just trying to breathe, period, right? If you're someone where you really start to breathe and, or I'm sorry, you start to lose your breath, you start breathing a little bit faster, just trying your best just to tune into the breath and just focus on getting air in and out. Like that's step number one. Then you can work on extending the exhale. So making the exhales just a little bit longer than the inhales. And this will signal to the body that it's okay to begin to unwind and that we're moving towards that relaxation and that rest period. Now you'll see this often um, named like the 4-7 breath or the 4-8 breath. And if you're someone that likes to work with like counts with your breath, you absolutely could inhale for a count of four and exhale for a count of seven. That works. That's something we've done, you know, in different episodes of this podcast is worked with an inhale for four and an exhale for seven. But it doesn't have to. There's like no magic in exactly an inhale for four and an exhale for seven. Just start focusing on making those exhales a little bit longer and extending them. And it's so easy. It's so simple. You can do it anywhere. No one will know that you're doing this. Just try to extend that exhale and slow down the breath. So simple. So powerful. And like I said, like if you're really, really feeling anxious, like just try to breathe, period. And I know that sounds so simple of like, oh, just breathe, take a breath, take a breath. But the more anxious that we get and then the less air that we get, the more that's going to increase that heart rate, the more it's going to put our body under that stress. And it's just going to keep hiking up that anxiety. So just focusing and try to just get some air in and get some air out. Start there. And once we're breathing again, then start to extend the exhale. Now, another practice that I love that I have found to be really powerful is this thing called senses cycling. So cycling through the senses. 
Now, when we're anxious, right, we're we're always in a different place. We're not in the present moment for the most part. It's like thinking about something coming up or something from the past or worrying about something. We're not in the here and the now. So cycling through your different senses is a great way to bring yourself into the moment and distract you just enough and to bring you into the present where you can start to just check that anxiety a little bit and begin to return to baseline. So what senses cycling is and what it looks like is you're just cycling through your senses. So you'll bring yourself in to your body, into the space, and you'll just go through, okay, what do I see? Just start naming some things that you see. What do I hear? Name some things that you hear. What do I smell? What do I taste? What do I feel? And keep cycling through the senses. What do I see? What do I hear? What do I smell? What do I taste? What do I feel? And you cycle through these senses, and you can do this as many times as you would like, maybe just a few times to bring yourself into the now. Maybe you find it to be a really soothing practice, so you do it for a few minutes. It's up to you. But I have found that using senses cycling is a great way when I'm really kind of, you know, starting to spiral and be in all the different places and worried about this and that is just bring myself into the now and say, all right, you know, Kelly, just be here, be present in this moment. What do you see? What do you hear? What do you smell? What do you taste? What do you feel? And just start cycling through the senses until I start to feel kind of that spiral start to slow down and I become a little more present. It also helps to increase the awareness that you're having. So especially what do I feel if I'm like, oh, I feel my heart beat, you know, racing. Okay, I feel that you know, start to slow down the breath or I feel a tightness in my chest. Okay, start, you know, maybe you rub your hands on your chest a little bit, bring a little bit of warmth there, right? Sometimes when we're feeling really anxious, it's hard to actually tune into the here and the now of like, okay, but what am I experiencing in this moment? Or looking around, like, what do I see? Okay, I see, you know, I'm sitting in my little recording closet. So I see the little sound panels. I see this blanket. I see my cup of water. And just Tuning into that can kind of snap me out of that like anxiety spiral. So sense of cycling can be a really, really powerful practice. Another practice that I personally love is mantra. And I just did that episode Mantra 101. It seems like a lot of you really enjoyed it. And I I really find mantras to be incredibly soothing when I'm anxious. And mantras like I am safe. Or this moment will pass or just breath in, breath out, right? So when I breathe in, I just think inhale or breath in. When I exhale, I think exhale or breath out. And there's something about this practice of mantra for me that's incredibly soothing. And I usually think about, you know, if there's something I'm anxious or worried about, I'll craft a mantra. A, remember, it's a you know a pause. If you haven't listened to that mantra episode, I encourage you to go listen to it because I dive more into like how you know what mantra is good for you and give some different examples. But tuning in and let's say, okay, like maybe I'm feeling anxious. I'm I do get flight anxiety. Um, you know, if I'm thinking about a flight, I do get a little anxious. But maybe just saying, you know, I am safe, or I am here. I am grounded. I am okay. Something like that where I'm just, you know, stating a true positive statement to myself again and again and again and feeling this power of like, okay, yes, I'm worried about this fight, but like right now, right here, like my feet are on the ground. I am safe. I am present. I am okay. Right? If I'm worried about like some kind of a business aspect, um, you know, I might use a mantra and say, 
Um, you know, the universe takes care of my needs and gives me more than what I need. Or what I seek is seeking me will meet each other just at the right moment. Just some kind of a statement and a mantra that is kind of refuting how I'm feeling and sometimes the illogical thoughts that you can have when it comes with anxiety. Which leads me to another practice that I like, which is one that, you know, my therapist, Jackie, really challenged me with and and I find it to be useful, which is, is this a thought or is this a truth? So tapping into your logic part can be really, really powerful. So is this really true, right? Or is it just a thought? You know, am I actually probably going to get on a plane and die in a plane crash? It's, it's unlikely. It's not impossible, but it's unlikely. Um, you know, the odds certainly don't speak to that being likely. But, you know, is this a thought or is this a truth? That's probably more of a thought, right? If I get a worry and I'm, you know, somewhere out and I think, oh my gosh, what if something, you know, really bad is happening back home? Um, I don't like to, you know, state the actual worry that I have. I don't really want to put that out into the universe. But, you know, anyone who, it's not even just parents, like even like pets or I know for many of us, like our anxiety manifests about worrying about people that we love when they're not like in our line of sight. So maybe you have a thought like that. Okay, is it a thought or is it a truth? The odds of, you know, something currently horrible, tragic accident happening while I'm away in that moment, it's unlikely. It's not impossible, but it's unlikely. And it's, you know, a thought. It's not a truth. If you have um, social anxiety and you're sitting there and you're like, everyone is looking at me, everyone hates me, everyone's wondering why I'm here. Is that a thought or is it a truth? It's probably a thought. Um, I don't think it's likely a truth. Uh, If it is a truth, that is a bummer and you should get out of there because those people stink and they don't seem like nice people. But is it a thought or is it a truth? And looking at these worrisome thoughts, these anxieties that we're having and breaking it down to, you know, tapping into logic. Is it a thought or is it a truth? Now, if it's a truth, then, you know, you can do something about it to remedy that. If it's a thought, that's where I find mantra to be really powerful to then craft a mantra, a positive in the present moment statement that is basically refuting that thought, right? So, um, you know, the universe protects me and those that I love all the time or, um, you know, I, I trust, you know, I, you guys know I love to do like a little bit of angel work. So for me, sometimes it's, you know, my angels watch over pork chop when I'm away, he's in great hands or something like that, right? So just, you can say that as many times as you want. There is no specific, like you have to say a mantra X amount of times. I believe that you just say it as many times as you need to, to start feeling the relief and to really feel the power of it. So like when you're feeling confident, like really embodying it of being like, yes, like pork chop is in great hands and like the universe or the angels or whoever like is watching over him and he is okay until I really start to like feel it. That's when I know I've said that mantra enough times. Another practice is a body scan. This is another way to bring yourself back into your body and into the moment. And it's just by like checking in with your body, right? So bringing yourself to the here and the now and scan through your body, all the different parts. Um, A lot of people like to start either from the bottom and work their way up or they start at the top of the body and work their way down and just start scanning through, checking with these different parts of the body, right? Check in with your foot, you know, try to soften your foot. 
than your ankle, your shins and calves. Just a simple body scan can be, again, one that you can do. No one knows that you're doing it. And it can help you come back into the here and the now and be present with the body. Another practice that I find for me personally to be useful is moving. Whether that's, you know, going for a walk, maybe doing some yoga, dancing, like moving my body in some way. For me, it almost feels like I'm kind of physically working out some of that anxiety and that worry and that gunk. Something about just like getting up, moving my body a little bit. Like, again, it brings me back to the now, but it helps me to work out some of those like physical anxiety symptoms. When I'm feeling anxious, I don't love doing like like a big workout or something that's going to bring my heart rate up even higher, like going for a run. I know that works for some people and that's great. For me, I prefer more of the softer, um, more like introverting, like decompressing practices like yoga or walking or just like a little intuitive movement. But any kind of movement that feels good to you and you're feeling anxious, give it a try. It may help to work out some of like those physical um, anxiety just symptoms that you're experiencing. Uh, Another one is hugging a pet, texting a friend, asking for help, like lean on someone. I found that, you know, when I'm really, really feeling anxious, I at times like, not so now, but at the beginning of my anxiety journey, like I had some shame around it of like not wanting to tell people that I was feeling anxious or I didn't want to go out because I was having like social anxiety. I felt weird about like not knowing anyone at this thing. And, and it, it almost like I just spiraled a little bit more because then I was like anxious about people finding out about my anxiety and it just kept getting worse and worse. And like, you know, giving Mila a hug or just telling a friend like how I'm feeling or telling my husband about it and just being like, I'm really, you know, when he asks like, how are you doing? Or if someone that you know and trust asks you how you're doing and like you're honestly feeling anxious or not doing that well, like try being honest and just letting them know like, honestly, like I'm really just, I'm feeling really anxious today about A, B, and C. And I think that there's something so powerful in realizing that like you don't have to suffer alone there's also been a lot of people where if i have opened up and been like i'm just really feeling anxious about this that they're that either they're sharing a similar experience with me or they're really able to hold space for me while i'm experiencing that because we all to a degree like i don't know anyone that hasn't to a degree experienced anxiety to some sort if you have never ever experienced this in your life please tell me because i want to know like how you did that. But I think we all to a degree know that that feeling of anxiety and that it's not fun and that it really stinks and that, you know, you don't have to go through it alone. And so giving someone a hug or texting a friend, asking for help, like leaning on someone when you need it is okay. I know it can be so hard to ask for help, even if it's, you know, reaching out to a therapist or online therapy, something like that. Like, you do not have to go through this anxiety alone. And I want to just reaffirm that. And I have found that opening up about it is really helpful for me. But I think it also like when you open up about your real life struggles, I think it gives the permission to people around you to open up and feel okay about their real life struggles because that is a part of the human experience and we don't have to suffer through these things alone. Now, my final tip and idea for something that you can do when you're feeling anxious is forest bathing or bringing yourself outside. This really works with the senses, kind of like senses cycling, but taking it outside. So studies have shown that you 
you feel a reduction in anxiety and stress when you get outside which is wonderful and beautiful i think you know we've all experienced that to a degree like you go outside you see something beautiful or just feeling like the sun on your skin or breathing fresh air like it feels good and it helps with stress and anxiety but this is also another way to utilize senses cycling. So when you go outside, you go for a walk and you just listen to the sounds, right? Like, what do I hear? What do I see? What do I feel? What do I smell? What do I taste? Taking that outside can be really, really powerful. And you're almost getting this double whammy of like tapping into the senses and being present and getting the therapeutic benefits of being outside. Now, forest bathing is a practice that is similar, but it's like going to a really... Um, green place traditionally like a forest and you go and you just like be present and absorb the healing energies of the nature around you and let that energy really like bathe or like clean and like reset you I've really been enjoying I, I don't get to do it that often but when I do I find it to feel just so therapeutic and it's something like when I'm on retreats and stuff like I love to do mindfulness walks with the groups or kind of do like just a little bit of like forest bathing um, or like nature bathing because it's really really powerful and special and one way that you could do this is you know of course going to a place that you feel good and safe at like don't go to like the forest alone and not tell anyone where you're going um you know let's i listened to too many true crime podcasts to know that that is not a good idea but somewhere getting outside going to nature even if it's just like in your backyard just tuning in like letting that kind of cleansing energy of nature just like wipe the slate clean wash away some of that anxiety and just do a little bit of like nature or forest bathing i think is really nice and powerful especially here um in the northern hemisphere like we're moving to spring and summer a great time to do this but if you haven't been outside for a while and you're feeling anxious, like if you can, give it a try. Try going outside, sense, you know, cycle through the senses and try a little bit of forest bathing. So those are my personal favorite practices for when anxiety is creeping up in my life. I would love to hear about your experiences with these. If you, um, you know, have some that maybe maybe some of these you never tried before you give it a try and it works i'd love to hear that um i hope that whatever you are doing wherever you are that you are doing well and i appreciate you and that's all if you want those extra sleep meditations click the link in the show notes um otherwise i just think that you are amazing and that you are great and that's all and have an awesome day, my friends. Hopefully an awesome day that is free from anxiety.